You're listening to the Renew Life Church podcast. We hope this message inspires you and challenges you to become a true disciple of Jesus. To find out more about us, go to RenewLifeChurch.com. You're glad to be in church? You already, you already answered Cody's question, but I'm going to ask you. You're glad to be in church? Man, um, today, is, today is just a special day, and I'm really, really excited just to get to share share the message with you. It's been a while since I've got to preach to you, and so I'm, I'm really excited about that. And I want to I wanna share, share a message and a subject with you that has really been blessing um, just me personally. <clears throat> this is a message that I've, I've heard time and time again. I've heard it for many, many years now, but there, there seems to be something new on it for me right now, and I hope that translates over to you as well. Um, but today I want to talk to you about the grace of God. I want to talk to you about the grace of God. More specifically, I want to talk to you about what it looks like to live by the grace of God. You know, I've discovered this in my own life and in others that I follow, that when you live by the grace of God, your your life looks different. You live a little bit different. In other words, when you really understand who you are in him, when you really understand the place that you sit in, when you really understand that you are free from your past, you are free from your sin, you are free from guilt, shame, condemnation, you're free from this performance-driven life in God, when you realize you're actually free from that and you know where you sit with God, you start to live a little bit different. Why don't you look at your neighbor today and say, it's time to live different. (laughs) Yeah, today I want to talk to you about what it looks like to live with a mindset of grace, a mindset of grace. You know, I've got really good news for you today that if you believe in Jesus in here, the grace of God is on your life right now. Let me say it a different way. God's grace, the God you came here today to worship, the God that we serve, the God we're in relationship with, the God who created the heavens and the earth, God's grace is on you. His unmerited, undeserved, unearned favor is on your life. You say, Keith, are you you sure? (laughs) I don't know if you you would have followed me around for the last week. It was anything but showing favor. (laughs) I've been through some stuff. Yeah, yeah, I want you to know that God's favor is on you. You didn't do anything to deserve it. You actually can't do anything to earn it. It's actually freely given to you because of what Jesus did on that cross. I want you to know today that when he said it's finished, he meant it. When he said it is finished, he meant it. You know what, you know what he finished? He finished a system in which Christians live where they've got to earn their righteousness. He finished it. He finished a mindset that, that walks around trying to perform for God, especially when we mess up, we really start to perform for God, so we start to feel a little bit better about ourselves. Am I preaching to anybody today or is it just me? <laughs> he freed us from an old system. You know, there was an old system back in the, in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant. It was actually called the law. The law, many of you know about the law, but the law was a set of rules and regulations. And however well you did by obeying that law is how, how well you did with God. 
I just want, to, want you to know if I would have been born back in that day, mm-hmm, been doing about as good as y'all would be, right? In fact, humanity can't actually keep up that old system. But because of the grace of God, we actually live in a new system. It's called the kingdom. It's called the new covenant. It's called the grace of God. And here's what the grace of God says. It doesn't matter what you've said. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you will say tomorrow or what you will do tomorrow. You are in right standing with God because of one thing, your belief in Jesus. It is your belief in Jesus that actually puts you in to right standing with him. So if you have your Bible today, let's turn to Romans chapter 10 and let's dive into what it really looks like to to live in the grace of God, to live by the grace of God. I love Paul. He's talking to the the Roman people and he's he's using an example. He's he's talking to them about the Jewish people, the Israelites. And and I I wanted to use this portion of scripture because I, I think that many of us as believers, we can relate to the, the issue that the Israelites had. You know, j- just to kind of give you a quick history, the Israelites, they lived by the law. The Jewish people, they, they knew God through the law. Their relationship with God was based on obeying all the rules and obeying the Ten Commandments and obeying all the rules that they made up. <laughs> that was what their relationship was based on. And look at what Paul says about them to the Romans in, in Romans chapter 10, verses 1 through 4. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, the longing of my heart and my prayer to God is for the people of Israel to be saved. I know what enthusiasm they have for God, but it is misdirected zeal. I love this scripture. It's misdirected zeal. Is that bright enough for you all, by the way? Okay, I'm just making sure. Um. <laughs> Okay, we're in Romans chapter 10. Cody, we need healing for uh, blindness, partial blindness right now. Just come on up. Um, It is misdirected zeal for they don't understand God's way of making people right with himself. Refusing to accept God's way, say God's way. Refusing to accept God's way, they cling to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law. For Christ has already accomplished the purpose for which the law was given. As a result, all who believe in him are made right with God. He was talking about a people who were, they were on the struggle bus. (laughs) They were were struggling because they couldn't quite get how they could be right with God in this new way. In fact, the, the scripture says they were clinging to their old way. They were clinging to the way that made them feel comfortable. They were clinging to a way that, 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 um, that gave them a right in their mind and in their soul to feel a certain way about God. And God was saying, no, no, no I, have, I have my way. There's God's way. I've created a new way. And this new way works the one way. I make you right with me. I make you right with me. And all who believe that, all who begin to trust that, will actually step into the righteousness that they are called to live in. I want to title today's message, A Mindset of Grace. A Mindset of Grace. Will you pray with me? Jesus, we just thank you. We thank you for your grace. We thank you that we, because of your blood, we we are right now, we, we have access to the grace of God. 
I pray that even through this message that you would make us aware. You'd make your people aware of who they are, what they have, what they can do because of your grace. Holy Spirit, we, we know that you are the leader and you are the guider into all truth. And so we thank you for counseling us today, leading us in your powerful word. In Jesus' name, if you agree, say amen. Amen, amen. Raise your hand if you've ever been put in a situation where you felt insecure. Anybody ever been in a situation where you felt insecure? Yes, I've been in many of these situations. In fact, I was in one of these situations about three or four months ago um, when, uh, when Braden invited me out to the deer lease. Now, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm not a deer lease kind of guy, you know. Um, it's just not quite where I feel comfortable. And uh, I've, I've kind of, you know, ever since I moved to Midland two and a half years ago and, and uh, got involved with a new life, it was like, well, if I want to be accepted, I guess I better hunt and fish. So, um, so I try, started to do that. I actually started to bow hunt. And, and um, I say that, I say I started to bow hunt. I've not killed anything yet. Um, I may never kill anything, but I'm still a man, okay? So get off me. Um, but I started to bow hunt. And he, he, I knew, I'd been on a couple of hunts and they were actually kind of difficult hunts. And, but this hunt he invited me on, like I was going to sit in a deer blind and I was going to, I was going to have a chance. Braden was going to be with me. He's, he's killed 5 billion animals. So for sure, hopefully his anointing would get onto me and I'll be, be all right. So I'm, I'm already kind of, I'm already kind of nervous. I'm, I'm kind of getting like, I actually have a chance here. And so I'm, I'm driving out to the deer lease and, and I turn into the gate and I get on the dirt road. And the, the, the only way for me to describe to you what happens in this moment, the, these moments is as soon as I kind of get into those places, I immediately get super uncomfortable. It's like as soon as I get off the, the city boy pavement and onto that dirt road, it's like I know I don't belong here. <laughs> I do not fit here. I, I'm, I start getting insecure, and, and, and I know, and here's what I know, I'm going to do something really dumb today. There's a good chance something's going to go wrong. There's a good chance I'm going to be riding with someone, and they're going to make me get the gate, and I'm going to go up there and fiddle with it like I know what the heck is going on, and I'm going to feel less like a man when I get back in the car. I hate all of it. I hate all of it. But I put myself in these situations because it's good. It's good for me, Right? So I'm, I'm taking way too long to tell the story. So anyway, I'm, I am, I get to the deer camp. I call Braden. He's like, hey, we're doing some stuff. Why don't you go ahead and, and uh, take a couple, uh, I can't even say it right way, shoot at the target, shoot at the block and, and get warmed up because we're going to go out here in about an hour. I'm like, cool. I'd been warming up all morning. I was in, in, in my, I was in Lubbock shooting th on the street, shooting through my gate, hitting it at 30. I'm like, oh, I'm about to smoke something tonight. You know what I'm saying? I'm getting all pumped. Well, I start warming up. Things are okay. Things are going good. I let one arrow go. And all of a sudden I see this water just spurting up. And I knew, of course, Keith, you did it again. Somehow you found a way to screw it up. And sure enough, I walk up to the target and I put an arrow through, a, through the hose that feeds the RV that everyone is staying in, their water supply. I didn't just nick it. I didn't just barely cut it. I put an arrow through the center of it and stuck it into the target. Like, how do you even do that, right? 
And I walk over and water's going everywhere. And I, and I kind of start, I kind of start to, to panic a little bit. And I'm like, okay, where's the water supply? I got to turn it off. I'm looking for duct tape. I'm wrapping the hose. But I know, here's the worst part. I know, I know who's about to show back up to camp. Braden and his friend. And I'm going to have to admit my sin. <laughs> I'm going to have to tell them what this city boy did. Of course. Like, hey, bro. Um, that hose, you see that? Why did you put it in front of the block? Like, that's actually your fault. It ain't my fault. <clears throat> and I'm just kind of like panicking and doing all this, and I'm, I'm getting embarrassed, and, and I, just, I just feel, I already feel insecure, and now I'm like, for sure insecure. And I tell you that story today because, you know, a lot of times as Christians, this is actually how we live, our, live out our relationship with God. We... We, we kind of live a life that's, we're uncomfortable, we're uptight, we're kind of insecure, we're too serious, we don't really know how to have fun, and, 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 we, and we, we, we walk through life and we try our best not to mess up, we try our best not to make a mistake, we try our best not to sin, and because we're trying so hard to be perfect, guess what we do? We mess up. We make a mistake. And you know what all of us do when we make a mistake? We go to scrambling. Just like when I put that arrow through that hose, I just, I start to get, start to scramble. How can I, how can I fix this? Then we think about, oh, who do, I hope nobody finds out. I hope nobody, I hope I don't have to tell anybody how I made this mistake. It's embarrassing. I should be better than this. I should be more mature than this. And I came to tell you today, would you just relax? Relax. Somebody's getting it. I'm here to tell you life in the new covenant, a life lived by grace and in grace is not as serious as you think. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We are not called to, to carry our sin. We are not called to carry our mistakes. We are not called to carry the, the, the shame and the guilt and the condemnation that comes with an imperfect life. Here, let me just tell you this. If you are imperfect in here, you belong. In fact, we put all these chairs in this building for imperfect people. We even created the stage for imperfect people. God looked down on the earth and he sent his one and only son for imperfect people. Don't you think God knew who he was dealing with? which is why he created the new system, which is why he created this grace that we get to live in, which says this, it doesn't matter how many times we mess up. It doesn't even matter if you keep doing the same sin over and over and over again. What puts you in right standing with him is Jesus. It's Jesus. Now, today, I want you to know that in no way am I saying that you should not work on yourself. <laughs> in no way am I saying that there shouldn't be times in your life where you obey and, and, and he works on your character. Or he works on your soul and, and, he, and he, he, he kind of comes in and begins to shape and to mold you. Trust me, I've been in many of those seasons. But the truth is, God does not come in and move in your life and begin to work on you and on the inside of you to, to, to let you know how much is wrong with you. 
I know a lot of people that, that they're always, they're on this journey and they just want to get better. They want to just be better. How many of you have ever told yourself that or you told someone else, man, I just, I just want to be better. I just want to be better in my relationship with God. I just want to be a better Christian. Let me just tell you, that's all really, really good. It's all really, really good from, it's from a good heart. But can I ask you, are you wanting to be better so that God loves you or do you want to be better because God loves you? Do you want to be better so he loves you or do you want to be better because he loves you? See, because if you're becoming better because he loves you, that's grace. If, you're, if, if the motivation behind why you live and why you do what you do is because he's been so good to you, that's living by grace. That's living in freedom. That's living righteously. It's all about a motivation. Now, I didn't say this in the first service in Lubbock, but I, I kind of feel myself going there. One of the, one of the con- most confusing things about, about the law and about grace, about a, a works and performance mentality versus a, a grace mentality is you can actually do the works of God. You can actually obey his rules and you can get a result. Right. You, can, you, can, you can actually obey the law, obey the commandments, you can actually read what Jesus taught, and you can, and in your mind, you're thinking, ooh, I got to do this, this, and this so that God will love me, so that I can be more righteous. And you know what? You'll get a result. So many people live this life, and they, and they kind of get this result. But what I've figured out is even though I get results, that life is actually miserable. It's a life of just picturing God over your shoulder trying to, and you're just trying to do every little thing right. Oh, don't step, oh, you step too far to the right right there. Come on, brother, stay on the straight and narrow. And we, we kind of, it's like we, we're tiptoeing through life, walking on eggshells with God. And I just want you to know, God does not need you to walk on eggshells around him. He knows all your crap. He knows more about your crap than you even know about. He knows how messed up we are. We don't even know how messed up we are. And yet he still chooses us. I hope today that you're getting that there's actually, there's a freedom in him. There's a joy that's in him. It says the kingdom of heaven is not of eat or drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Can I just ask you, righteousness, cool, Jesus, you have that. Peace and joy, are you walking in in those? Do you have joy in your life? Like, are you happy to live for him or are you bogged down? As I was studying this out this week, I, I heard the Holy Spirit just almost break through my thoughts. And it so impacted me. You know what he said? He said, seriousness is not a fruit of the Spirit. Seriousness is not a fruit of the Spirit. And I, I just tell you this. I don't, I don't know if you're like me. I can get really, really serious at times. Really, really serious about the things of God. Super just, like the only way for me to describe it is my face gets like this. When I worship, when I'm worshiping real hard. Well, what do you do? Why do you look like that, Keith? Why do you make your face do that? Don't do that. I feel sorry for the worship team because all they see is. <laughs> we can get really, really serious. Serious is, it's not actually a, 
a fruit of the Spirit. But there's joy in him. There's a lightness in him. You know, I believe we're not called to live this life where, I don't know if you're like me, but many people, they live a life of Christianity in there. They're very, very inward focused. What can I do better? What can I fix? How can I do this? How can I do that? It's just, it's all about them. It's all about them. God has not called us to live an inward, evaluative life. He's called us to live an outward, free flow, expressive life where we're listening to the Holy Spirit, following the Holy Spirit, tapped into the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, who is speaking to us, who is leading us, who is counseling us, who is guiding us. I don't need to wake up every day and say, how can I be better today? What I would rather do is wake up and say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying today? Holy Spirit, where are you leading me today? Where are you leading me? How do you want me to handle this situation? What are you saying? What wisdom do you want to reveal to me today? You know, what's interesting, I I kind of gave reference to this earlier, but many of us, we have this thought of of getting better and and we go through seasons. Here's the thing, when we understand the grace of God, here's here's what it allows God to do. It allows him to come to us and say, hey, I need you to work on this, this, and this. Actually, he doesn't do that. He just says, I need you to work on this. He never overwhelms us. He never gives us a list of the things, but he'll give us one thing and he can come to you and tell you that one thing because he knows when he tells you, it won't get you out of who you think that you are in him. He can't shake you. It's like, oh, that, that son, that daughter right there, they understand they're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So I'm going to go over there and I'm going to, I'm going to help them work out their salvation. I'm going to go over there and help them. Hey, this one thing that you do, yeah, you're, you're, you're super insecure. You're super insecure in this area. Or, hey, hey, you really, you have a lot of anxiety and fear in this area. This is not how you are called to live. And I know when God says things like that to me, there's nothing that in me that goes, well, there's another thing that's wrong with me. Thanks a lot, God. Oh, if I wasn't working on enough stuff, there's another thing. <clears throat> But can I tell you, even when he comes and tells you those things, when he says you need to work on this or do this, you know he's actually not asking you to do that alone. He's actually, he's still wanting you to lean in to the Holy Spirit to actually help you do that. In other words, what I'm saying, it's still not about you. It's still a dependency on him. It's still an engagement with the Holy Spirit. Paul said this in Galatians. He said, but suppose we seek to be made right with God through faith in Christ, and then we are found guilty because we have abandoned the law. You know, many many people have a problem with this grace message because they think the pastor is saying that they don't ever have to obey, and they they can just live flippantly in sin and just forget all the, the things that Jesus said, forget the law even. This is what Paul is actually addressing. He said, Suppose we seek to be made right with God through faith in Christ, and then we're found guilty because we have abandoned the law. Would that mean Christ has led us into sin? Absolutely not. Rather, I am a sinner if I rebuild the old system of law I already tore down. You know how we actually slip into sin? 
It's when we actually rebuild a works mentality into our life. It's it's when we actually fall back, when we fall out of grace back into a a performance mindset. Are y'all getting this? It's when we get back into the law. And look what he says. For when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me. So I died to the law. Some of us need to just die to a performance mindset with God. Today, it's, it's time for you to die to this whole mindset where you got to be perfect. He said, I died to the law. I stopped trying to meet all of its requirements so that I might live for God. You know, you know, you know it's a, a truth here. You actually can't live for God if you're trying to meet all the requirements. You trying to meet all the requirements actually bogs you down and, and, and robs you from living for God. You trying to be perfect robs you from realizing that when you go to that grocery store, that person needs prayer and you would have picked up on it if you wouldn't have been so concerned with getting perfect. Been so concerned with getting right, so concerned with your sin and your mistake. If you're waiting to get perfect before you can pray for somebody, you will never pray for somebody. But see, we have this, we, we need to shift our mind. It's a mindset of grace where I'm, I'm looking outward, thinking, oh, oh, here's what grace is. God can use me because I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Signs follow me. When I lay hands on the sick, they recover. When I speak to families, they get the wisdom they're looking for. When I come into contact with kids, they feel the love of God. This is, the, this is what the great, living by grace, this is the mindset that you get into. Wow, God can use me. You know why he can use me? Because he actually likes me. He likes me. Then Paul goes on to say in verse 20, he says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. For if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. (laughs) You know, one of the... One of the reasons I think many of us, I, I think we've heard the message of grace. I think we know we're called to live in this new system, the new covenant. We, gosh, if, if you haven't got that yet and you've been here for a couple of years, we, we literally tell you you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus practically every Sunday. We, we, we kind of know this, but what I find is that we will live by grace for a while, but as soon as we mess up, you know what we do? We slide back into works. Because when we mess up, we feel the shame and the guilt. And because of the shame and the guilt, we want to get rid of that nasty feeling on the inside. And so we go to working. I'm going to come over here and work. I'm going to do good for a week. If I can read my Bible for a week, I'll act, my soul will feel good and I'll get rid of that shame. You know what I'm talking about? And, and, and so, so shame, actually it actually pulls us back into this, this old covenant, this law, this performance mindset. <clears throat> I learned this this week from uh, Pastor Robert Morris out of Gateway Church in Dallas, and I, I wanted to share this with you as I go to close today. Uh, man, it just, it rocked me. And um, one of the most fascinating things I've, I've actually been, that's been revealed to me in Scripture. And I think it'll help 
I think it'll help us who, who kind of deal with the shame, who kind of deal with the guilt. We, we deal with this thing on the inside of us. He starts in Genesis chapter six, and this is God talking to Noah. And he said, make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch. Now, what's interesting about this, this story is that word cover. That word cover is actually in every other scripture in the, in the Old Testament. It's that, that Hebrew word was actually translated atonement. It meant atonement. Atonement means the forgiveness of sins. Jesus atoned for our sins. He forgave our sins. He reconciled us back to God. In fact, the word atonement means at one with God. This is what Jesus did for us. He put us back into unity. He made us one with God. And here's what's, here's what's amazing about this scripture. That word atonement, translated cover, this is actually a type and shadow of what Jesus has done for us. It says, he told, he told Noah, he said, cover it inside and out. Jesus has you covered inside and out. He has forgiven you. He has atoned for the sin on the inside and he has atoned for the sin on the outside. He has you covered on the outside, but he also has you covered on the inside. In scripture, sin is, there's actually two types of sin. One is called transgressions and the other is iniquities. Transgression means an actual outward sin. It's an, it's an action. It's when, it's when you, you take action on that thing that you're thinking about. For Using the example of lust, you may be lustful in your heart, and then when you act on it on the outside, that's a transgression. But the lust on the inside is actually an iniquity. It's, it's, it's a, a sinful motivation. It's a wrong motivation, a wrong thought. And here's what I love about scripture. Look at what Isaiah chapter 53 says. It says he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. You know what a bruise is? A bruise is actually bleeding on the inside. A wound is bleeding on the outside. In other words, Jesus, he was hurt on the outside for everything that we would do on the outside. Oh, but he didn't stop there. He was even hurt on the inside for everything that we would do on the inside. What I want you to get from this is, this is a picture of the grace of God. You may sin and then you may have shame. You may have sinned on the outside and now you're living in shame, guilt, and condemnation on the inside. I've got good news for you. Jesus died for both. Jesus has you covered on both ends. Doesn't matter where you're at. Doesn't matter if you, I even heard the Lord say before I got up here today, not, not even in regards to sin. 
if you are hurting on the inside, he hurt on the inside so you wouldn't have to. Someone's hurt you, you've been through a bad situation in your life, you're just going through pain and turmoil on the inside, Jesus bought and paid for that. His grace covers that. His power can overtake and give you victory in that area. See, it's when we become thankful for this that we actually begin to live by the grace of God. Thanks for listening. We hope you felt encouraged by today's message. If you need prayer or would like to connect with us, find us on social media or by going to renewlifechurch.com.